What is up, STFU fam? You are listening to episode three, baby, of my podcast series. I am once again in my TV room, so if you hear dogs barking or birds chirping or phones ringing, just ignore. I have, however, figured out how to put my laptop on silent. My husband nearly had a breakdown when he was listening to my podcast on the weekend and my laptop kept going off in the background. It's like, put your fucking laptop on silent. So, babe, I've listened this time. It is on silent. It is 10 to 3 on Wednesday afternoon. I have the house to myself, which is very rare, especially during the week. So I thought I would take the opportunity to do the next podcast. I'm going to pour myself some wine. Pretty sure there's going to sound like someone peeing, but I promise it was wine going into a glass. Anyway, so this week we are talking about boundaries. By the way, I hate the way I say that word. I sound like such a cougar. Boundaries. Oh my God. But... Be that as it may, we're going to talk about them. Kind of runs on from last week, which was all about codependency. If you haven't listened to uh, that podcast, I would highly recommend listening to that before you listen to this one because they do kind of run on from one another. And you will find that people who struggle with codependency are also the people who struggle with placing and maintaining healthy boundaries in their lives. So I feel like the people who benefited from my second podcast will benefit most from this one. This has been a widely requested subject. I had so many people message me after last week um, saying that they were looking forward to this one. So here we go. Before I get into it, some public service announcements. Firstly, so in my first podcast, I mentioned that I am uh, interested in and getting into mindfulness and meditation, which I literally know absolutely nothing about. And I really am starting from scratch. I'm still in the beginner series on Headspace, which is a really awesome app that teaches you how to meditate and teaches you mindfulness exercises and tips. You can literally start with five minutes a day, with which is what I'm on at the moment, mostly because I don't have more than that available to me when my kids are here. But I am doing my five minutes a day and... The friend who told me about that app and the friend who has been encouraging me to meditate and be more mindful and to try to control the things around me less. And this person has also nagged me incessantly to actually do my meditation every day, but not in an annoying way, in a good way, or also in an annoying way, I guess. But Dylan... I know you were butthurt that I didn't mention you by name. So thank you so much for your positive influence on my life. And thank you so much for maintaining a friendship with me, even though I am right 99.9% of the time. And you are only right 0.1% of the time. You are very gracious in defeat. And I appreciate you incessantly nagging me to actually become a better human being. So now that that's out the way, and hopefully Dylan feels a lot better about himself. Another thing that I want to touch on, and this is before we get into boundaries and speaking about boundaries, I wanted to speak to the positive impact and the positive feedback that I have gotten from the people in my life based on my first two podcasts, most especially the second one. I've received so many messages from people, people I know and people I don't know, saying that they really loved the podcast and they learned something, which is honestly one of the main reasons why I'm even doing this podcast. And they appreciate my honesty and they appreciate how raw and fantastic and amazing and hilarious and endearing I am, which I mean, I knew all of that already, but it's nice to hear it from other people. And the one person who 
really benefited from listening to my podcast was my husband. And I I didn't necessarily think that he would enjoy listening to them. I obviously wanted him to listen to them because he is such a big part of my life. But I thought that he would just kind of have it on in the background and listen to my incoherent rambling while he's busy doing something else. I was quite surprised to see on Saturday last week, he literally came and sat in the TV room with his headphones on with no disturbances and he listened. (laughs) This man, he even had a notepad and a pen to take notes, which like, oh my God, could you be any cuter? But he sat and listened to the entire podcast and after the fact, he came to me and he said to me, he was like, I never really understood where you were coming from when I would tell you all of these things that I thought were romantic and I thought were what you wanted to hear. Things like, I worship the ground you walk on, I would die if you left me, I can't imagine a world without you in it. I never understood why me saying those things made you want to throw up until now. And I have tried to explain it to him before, but the one thing that he does struggle with is that he gets very defensive when I try to speak to him about something. And I feel like this podcast was a way for him to hear what I have to say and to understand a little bit more about me without him feeling like he was being attacked or being criticized. And the reason I'm telling you guys all of this is because it has just reiterated to me how important communication in a relationship is and whether it be a relationship with someone else or whether it be a relationship with yourself if you are not currently in a relationship communication and understanding is so fundamentally important I I actually heard a, a quote the other day that I quite liked and it went something along the lines of when how did it go? Oh yes, a relationship without communication is like a phone without internet. What do you do on a phone without internet? You play games. And it was at this point that my eight-year-old piped up at the TV, uh, at the dinner table last night and she went, mom, you can't play games if you don't have internet on your phone. And I was like, Olivia, You are fucking up my story. I get your point, but shut up. Um, But yeah, be that as it may, communication is so vitally important. And one thing that my husband does, and he has been doing this since October last year when we went through a bit of a rocky patch, and it was actually a suggestion that I got from my therapist, who is fucking amazing, is he writes me letters every Sunday. And... Honestly, I didn't think that it was something that would last. I think I thought that after a couple of weeks, it would kind of fade out. And he has stuck to it. He has written me a letter every single Sunday since the 6th of October last year. I really hope that that was the date on a Sunday. Otherwise, it's going to be really awkward. Anyway, and I now have an entire flip file full of letters, which I love because I often will sit and go back and read these letters and not only is it amazing for me to go back and read what was happening in our lives and read about what happened in that week and how he was feeling and where we were in our relationship but it also gives him an opportunity at the end of every week to sit down and just take stock of what happened that week, where we are in our relationship, what we worked on during that week or what we need to work on. And I don't think that it is something that he would otherwise do. So I feel like it is such an important part of our relationship. And I'm not saying that this will fix your relationship if you're having relationship issues. I'm not even saying that this might be something that works for you. But all I'm saying and all I'm trying to get across is that communication in a relationship is so, so, so important. And I actually consider this podcast to be part of our relationship communication because through him listening to these podcasts, he has already learned so much about me and about himself. And on that note, I have to just read you guys, and I did get his permission, by the way, a little extract from my letter from Sunday because 
it was it was like it was one of those aha moments because all I've been trying to do through my journey is show people that I'm not perfect. I'm probably one of the most fucked up people you will ever meet, but I fucking love myself for it. And I just want everyone else to love me for who I am. And if you don't, then you can get fucked. But I am so tired of pretending to be something that I'm not. And I was so terrified that my husband would not love me if he knew that I wasn't perfect, or if he realized that I wasn't perfect. And this is what he said in the letter that he wrote me on Sunday night. He talks about how incredible I am and how amazing I am, obviously, for like three or four pages. Just kidding. And then he says, whichever way you cut it, I am extremely proud to tell people that you're my wife, not because you are so perfect, but because you are so confident, so intuitive, so fucked up, but unafraid to admit it and so willing to grow. Oh, People, you don't understand when I read that line. I bawled like a baby. You know those cartoon characters where the tears like shoot out of their eyes? That's what I looked like. Because that almost like put into one sentence what I have been trying to get across to him for so long. And not to blow my own horn, but beep beep, motherfucker. Like, I'm doing good, I think. My life is still a mess, but I'm doing good. And y'all are on this journey with me. And if I can help someone else as much as I have helped myself and my relationship, and if I can help someone want to grow and learn about themselves the way that I've grown and I'm learning about myself, that's a fucking epic win. Let's have a sip of wine. Okay. Oh, red wine. What is this? Shiraz. Delish. Okay. So now we're getting into the actual podcast again. Me with my like 15 minute intros. Fuck. Just can't stop talking. Right. Boundaries. Guys, I didn't even know what a fucking boundary was a year ago. I thought it was like a literal physical like wall around your property is a boundary that's pretty much all I knew about boundaries I didn't have a cooking clue which means that probably a lot of people out there still don't know what they are because if you are not seeing a therapist or if you are not actively doing self-work you will not know the meaning of words like codependent avoidant anxious toxic boundaries. These are not words that come up in everyday conversation. They are more and more as the new generation are becoming more and more self-aware and are educating themselves more. And of course, as more of these words are used on social media, if you follow people like Mark Groves, if you um, follow people like Matthew Hussey, you will hear words like this all the time. So let's get into it. Now, for people who don't know what boundaries are, I'm going to touch on that. But as we speak about them, you will get a better understanding of what they are and how they apply to everyday life. So when we speak about boundaries in a psychological or an emotional sense, not a physical boundary, what are we talking about? We're talking about the emotional or physical, I mean, you can have a physical uh, boundary between you, the space between you and another person. Okay, so that is the, the most basic way that I can think to explain a boundary is an emotional or mental or physical space between you and another person. So basically, it's where you have established or created a set of limits over your physical and emotional well-being. And the second part of this is that you expect others to respect these boundaries within their relationship with you, within the context of how they communicate and deal with you on a daily basis. So there's two parts to this. And 
The thing about boundaries is that you might have healthy boundaries in one part of your life and unhealthy boundaries in another part of your life. And we're going to go through that today so that you can start to look at every aspect of your life with a different view. Okay, so you want to start looking at every relationship in your life. And if there is something in that relationship that you are not comfortable with or something in that relationship that triggers you, you need to start looking at it from the perspective of what boundary can I put in place that will make me feel more comfortable in this relationship? that will make me feel safe in this relationship and will allow me to continue or maintain this relationship without constantly being triggered. Write that shit down. That was good. So healthy emotional and physical boundaries are a distance that you can maintain between you and another person so that you do not either become triggered, you do not become overly enmeshed, which is a word that will come up quite often in my toxic relationship podcast, and or dependence on another person. Okay, so as I've said, you need to first recognize where a relationship is dysfunctional, where it is not serving you, where it is causing you harm or anxiety, and you need to then be able to determine what boundary you want to put in place, ensure that it's a healthy boundary, and then you need to verbalize that boundary to the other person, and you need to explain the consequence of them not respecting that boundary. We're going to get into every aspect of that, because I know that when you word vomit it all out like that, it does sound very airy-fairy and it also does sound very overwhelming and the last thing that I want to do is make you feel overwhelmed so that is basically what a boundary is okay and the next thing that we can look at is what are healthy boundaries right because you you do get healthy boundaries and then you get unhealthy boundaries so we need to look at what are healthy boundaries? So healthy boundaries are boundaries that are not too rigid because you also can't be ridiculous with your boundaries and say to someone, if you ever do that again, I will never fucking speak to you again. Because that is also a little bit ridiculous and it is unnecessarily rigid and it does not allow for the other person to actually act in a space of safety within your relationship. So you can't be too rigid, but you also can't be too porous or too fluid where you have no fucking boundaries and people just walk all over you and you tell yourself that you have boundaries, but in actual fact, you're a doormat and you have no boundaries. That's also not good. So you need to establish healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries are there to practice self-care and self-respect, which is something that not a lot of people have or not a lot of people work on or or care about and it is something that is extremely important for for everyone you need to have self-care and you need to have self-respect above anything else so you need to make sure that your boundaries ensure that you are able to practice self-care and self-respect your boundaries need to be able to communicate your needs in a relationship so through your boundaries it should be very clear to the other person what your needs are and whether they can meet them or not. And when I say relationship, guys, I don't just mean a romantic relationship. I mean the relationship with yourself because believe it or not, setting boundaries with yourself is probably the most fucking important set of boundaries that you could possibly have. So you need to set boundaries with yourself. You absolutely need to set boundaries within your family and we will talk about how family relationships are probably one of the most dysfunctional relationships you can get. Because within most families, there are no fucking boundaries. Everyone is in everyone's business. Everyone knows everyone else's shit. Nothing is fucking off limits. It's crazy. I was going to say fucking crazy, but I've, I think I've dropped enough F-bombs for a while. It's crazy. So family relationships your relationship with yourself, work relationships, 
friendships. You can set boundaries with your children. You can set boundaries with strangers. Boundaries, it's not mutually, it's not exclusive to just your romantic relationship. So don't think, oh, I'm single, this podcast doesn't apply to me. Because it does, bitch. So sit down and have another sip of your wine. Well done. Okay. What you have to remember is that healthy boundaries, ones that are not too rigid or too fluid or too porous, are boundaries that are guidelines. They are guidelines, guys. They are rules or limits that you can create to identify for yourself, not for anyone else. You put a boundary in place for yourself. That's another thing. You can't put boundaries in place for other people's benefit. You need to put boundaries in place for yourself. And you need to set out what are reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for other people to behave around you and interact with you. And again, as I say, the second part is you need to decide how you will respond when someone steps outside of those boundaries. So it's a two-part thing. So it's not just one thing and then you're done, one and done. No, no. You need to then decide, okay, well, what am I going to do if I set a boundary and someone shits all over it, basically? So as I said previously, unhealthy boundaries. Let's get into that a little bit, okay? Before we before we focus on the types of boundaries and how to put boundaries in place, let's look at what an unhealthy boundary would look like. So I've said that they are too rigid or too porous, but what does that mean? What do they look like in everyday life, right? So unhealthy boundaries are characterized by, and these are just a few examples that I picked up, sharing too much too soon. Okay, so that would be your porous or your fluid boundary. Or at the other end of the spectrum, uh, closing yourself off and not expressing your needs or wants at all, which would be rigid. You're too rigid. So that is an unhealthy boundary. So where you get into a relationship and two weeks down the line, you've told this person your deepest, darkest secrets, or you meet someone in a club and by the end of the night, you have told them about something that happened to you as a child that traumatized you. And this person is sitting there thinking, good God, I did not sign up for this. That would be someone who has unhealthy or non-existent boundaries in that case. Feeling responsible for others' happiness. That is such an important one. And that feeds so much into codependency. Okay, you need to know if you are codependent and you... Get your own self-worth and your own self-value from caring for, fixing, saving or healing or loving other people. You need to put a boundary in place that stops you from being taken advantage of and from stops you being put in situations where you feel that you need to continually do that to fulfill yourself. Inability to say no for fear of rejection or abandonment. Oh my God. My codependent friends, get in y'all. That's all of us. How many times have you said yes when you wanted to say no? Because you thought, fuck, if I say no, this person's not going to be my friend anymore. Or if I say no, my boyfriend's going to break up with me. Or if I say no, my mom's going to be super duper disappointed in me. Weak sense of your own identity, meaning you base how you feel about yourself on how others treat you. Again, do you see how this feeds back into codependency? That is absolutely a codependent trait. Another one is disempowerment, which is where you allow other people to make decisions for you. Again, because you might think that that will make them feel better. And in turn, it will make you feel better. Again, codependent traits. Consequently, you feel powerless. And what ultimately ends up happening is that you don't take responsibility for your own life. Because you've given all of your power away. And you are basically just sitting watching your life go by like a spectator. Instead of someone who's actively involved in it. So 
Those are what unhealthy boundaries are characterized by. That is very, very generalized. You have a million examples of unhealthy boundaries. I'm pretty sure, and I would encourage this, and this is something that I did, and it was actually quite offensive, is you sit down and you assess the main or predominant relationships in your life, first and foremost being the one with yourself, obviously, and then you look at your uh, significant other if you have one, you look at your immediate family being siblings, mother, father, children, you look at your friends, your best friends, your close friends, and then your friend circle, and then you look at your work environment, your boss, your co-workers, your subordinates. And you assess or you try to pinpoint unhealthy boundaries in your own life. You will feel attacked, let me tell you. I stopped halfway through. I was like, I'm straight up not having a good time right now. So I just stopped and went back the next day when I was less upset and I finished it. But it it is very eye-opening to do that. So I would encourage you to do that and you might find that in some areas of your life as I said in the beginning you have healthy boundaries but then in other areas of your life you don't you don't normally have someone who is completely unhealthy in their boundaries or completely healthy you have people who are perhaps even more intimidated by some people in their life and with those people they have unhealthy boundaries or they don't have boundaries and then perhaps at work they are very good with setting healthy boundaries so You need to look at your life. No one can do this for you. No one can pinpoint this kind of stuff for you. You are the one that has to look at it and you are the one that has to do it. Now we get into what are personal boundaries. Now you get types of boundaries. And although this isn't entirely important to know in terms of setting boundaries, I mean, you you don't have to categorize your boundaries. Okay, I'm going to set a boundary now and it's going to be an emotional one. It is interesting and it is good to know. Uh, and I will feel like I have taught you something. So listen up. Physical boundaries. So these refer to personal space and physical touch. Healthy physical boundaries include an awareness of what is appropriate and what's not in various settings and types of relationships. For example, you don't go to work on a Monday morning and French kiss your boss. (laughs) Well, maybe you do, but that is a podcast for another day. Oh, sorry, wine. Intellectual boundaries. Refers to thoughts and ideas. Healthy intellectual boundaries include respect for others' ideas and an awareness of appropriate discussion. So you're not going to go to a dinner party with people that you've just met and sit down and be like, oh my God, how is the Roman Catholic Church? Like, what is going on there? Oh my God, can you, like, what? No. You would not sit down and immediately jump into a heated debate about, fuck, what? Homosexuality, or veganism, or spirituality. Things that you know are abrasive topics, and topics that might get people a little bit riled up. So you you almost automatically have that boundary. Look, a lot of people don't. I mean, I don't have it when it comes to, like, making dirty jokes. My poor husband, the amount of times that he's just literally turned around and walked away and pretended like he doesn't know me when I've said something hopelessly inappropriate. Too many to count, but that's a story for another day. Right, emotional boundaries refer to a person's feelings. Healthy emotional boundaries include limitations on when to share, when not to share, And what to share in terms of personal information. Again, you would not arrive at a dinner party with people you've never met and be like, oh my God, guys, I'm on my third day of thrush. I just can't anymore. Like, I I got into a jacuzzi. Biggest mistake of my life. You know what I'm saying. Or maybe you would, but I wouldn't recommend it. Sexual boundaries refers to the emotional, intellectual, and physical aspects of sexuality. Healthy sexual boundaries involve mutual understanding and respect of limitations and desires between sexual partners. I feel like that is pretty self-explanatory. 
if you don't know what sexual boundaries are, <laughs> hit me up. No, I'm kidding. Material boundaries refer to money and possessions. Healthy material boundaries involve setting limits on what you will share and with whom. I feel like a lot of people struggle with this, especially nowadays. In the world that we live in where we share a lot on social media, I myself have found that I think twice before I share a gift that I've received or share photos of the house that we are currently building, which is never going to fucking be finished. But anyway, or a picture of the new car that I got because... I'm scared that I'm then going to get a message from a family member saying, hey, you seem to be doing quite all right. I need 200 rand. So you need to set material boundaries, which is sad, but it is also healthy and it is important. Because again, if you are sharing those things on social media to get validation or admiration from other people, then you are sharing that shit for the wrong reasons. So maybe you need to set some material boundaries. And again, you your family also needs to be on the other side of that boundary and know that if you do share a picture of a gift that you received, that doesn't necessarily mean that they can pick up the phone and ask you for money. That is the other side of the spectrum, the other side of that boundary that you might need to set. Time boundaries refer to how a person uses their time. To have healthy time boundaries, a person must set aside enough time for each facet of their life, such as work relationships and hobbies. If you are a parent, write that one down, scrumple it up and throw it in the fucking bin because that doesn't apply to you. Okay, so those are your types of personal boundaries, which again, I have only mentioned or discussed to hopefully give you more of an understanding of the various types of boundaries that you get and Hopefully by now, we're what, like half an hour in? How? Fuck me. Anyway. How? Okay. Hopefully now, 32 minutes in, you are starting to understand the concept of boundaries. You're starting to perhaps look or assess, look at or assess a, an area of your life thinking, hmm, okay, I get what you're saying. Maybe in this particular area of my life, I could maybe set a boundary and perhaps you're even thinking about what that boundary would be. My God, I need to speed this shit up. Right. How to create healthy boundaries. How to establish a healthy boundary. So let's say now you've looked at an area of your life and you're like, oh my God, I need to set a boundary. How? How do you go about doing that? And I touched on this in the beginning, but let's get into it. So first, you need to identify the symptoms of your boundaries currently being violated or ignored and you might not even have a boundary in place that is being violated or ignored but you need to pinpoint the symptoms so as I said earlier you need to be able to look at a specific relationship in your life or a specific dynamic in your life and you will know when I speak to this person, I am always triggered because. Because when he greets me at the office, he always uh, touches my ass. Or when I try and speak to my dad about something serious, he always makes a joke about it and teases me. Or when I try and speak to my significant other about the fact that I wish we were more intimate or more physical, he attacks me and makes me feel like I'm being ridiculous. So you have to pinpoint the trigger. You have to pinpoint where shit goes wrong, where shit goes pear-shaped. Once you have identified that, you have to identify the unhealthy pattern or the unhealthy way of thinking by which you allow your boundary to be ignored or violated. So let's say, for example, let's let's continue with the example of someone at the office who is inappropriate with you. Why have you allowed it to continue this long? Why have you allowed it that every time you greet him, he touches you inappropriately and you haven't said anything? You try and dodge him at the office or you try and arrive before him and make sure you're sitting down so you can't touch your ass, whatever the case may be. Why have you allowed it to go on this long? 
Thirdly, you need to then identify new, more rational, I guess, healthy ways of thinking that will encourage you to change your behavior so that you can build a boundary between you and the other person. So you need to think to yourself, okay, what can I do? What can I change? What boundary can I put in place that will change this behavior that will stop me continuously being triggered by this person? And that is where you will outline what your boundary is. Then you need to implement that boundary. So the way that you implement it will obviously vary from situation to situation. But once you have identified the boundary, it's no use just keeping it in your head. Obviously, the person who is on the other side of this needs to know that you have put this boundary in place. They need to know what the boundary consists of. And they need to know what the consequence is of not respecting that boundary, which is something that we will get into. But you you can't just expect the person to smell that you now have a, a boundary in place, okay? Now, I know what you're thinking. You are thinking of all the reasons why you shouldn't put the boundary in place. What if I put the boundary in place and he fires me? Because maybe he is your boss. Or what if I put the boundary in place with my father and tell him that he needs to stop teasing me and making fun of me? And what if he stops inviting me over? Or what if I tell my partner that I need more intimacy and I need more physical affection and they break up with me? These are what we call barriers to boundary setting. And they are automatic unconscious thoughts that are pre-programmed into our heads because we are always programmed to think about the worst case scenario, always. And this is from caveman days where we lived in constant fear and in constant danger. And in every situation, we were programmed to determine what the worst case scenario was and to prepare for that inevitability. And if you didn't get eaten by a fucking bear when you went out picking berries, then yay for you. You got to live another day. But you had to expect that you were going to get eaten by a bear when you went out to pick berries. So that way of thinking, that disastrous way of thinking is still ingrained in us and it takes a lot of effort to change it. So the, the biggest thing when people set boundaries for the first time, and it is scary, and I know because I've been there, is the barriers that you have in place. Things like fear of rejection and ultimately abandonment, which, as I said in all of those examples, what if I get fired? What if they stop inviting me to family gatherings? What if he or she breaks up with me? These are the fears that you have. Fear of confrontation. You might be an introvert or you might be someone who doesn't like confrontation at all. So you'll just shut the fuck up and take it instead of putting a boundary in place because you are scared that when you verbalize your boundary, the other person might confront you about it. Unfortunately, that is something that you have to deal with as a grown-up. But again, there is that inherent fear. And this might ultimately be something that stops you from setting a healthy boundary for yourself. Guilt. Guilt. Oh my God. There is one thing that I fucking hate. It's guilt. Isn't guilt horrible? Oh, it's horrible. Horrible. I have set boundaries with people. And they turn around and go, oh, okay. No, that's fine. I... I I didn't realize that's how you felt, but um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm just a terrible person and I guess, you know, I was just trying to show you affection or, you know, that's just how I am. I, I didn't realize that you hate it so much. Guilt, when they make you feel like an absolute knob for verbalizing a healthy boundary, that is so cuck. And the, the funny thing is that the other person most of the time doesn't even realize that they are guilt tripping you. They are just projecting onto you 
their now fear of rejection or abandonment because they then think to themselves, fuck, if I can't respect this boundary, then what? Then what's going to happen? So normally it's their, their feelings that they are then putting onto you. But guilt is horrible. Another one, we were not taught healthy boundaries. <laughs> Hi, hello, me and 90% of the population. As I said, I don't even know what a fucking boundary was until 12 months ago. And I'm pretty sure that's most of the world. We don't know how to set boundaries. What the fuck? We know how to be walked all over. That's pretty much all we know how to do. So that's another barrier to boundary setting. But you need to be able to recognize when there is a barrier, when it is a fear, and you need to be able to talk yourself out of it and not allow it to force you or to convince you to not put a healthy boundary in place. Now we go into the signs and symptoms of ignored boundaries. So let's say you've put a boundary in place. Okay, you did the thing. You were like, I listened to Sheena's podcast. That woman is so wise. Yeah. Wine. Anyway. She's so wise beyond her years. She's so smart. And I listened to her and I set these healthy boundaries and I verbalized them in a respectful way. And they were ignored. <laughs> okay. So these are the signs and symptoms of ignored boundaries. Now think about your life. And I think you'll be, you'll be pretty surprised how many of these apply to you. I know I was very surprised. So the first one is over-enmeshment. Enmeshment is a word that came up earlier and it will come up again quite frequently. So this symptom requires everyone to follow the rule that everyone must do everything together. And that everyone is to think, feel and act in the same way. No one is allowed to deviate from the family or group norms. This is something that happens in family so frequently so frequently you will have over enmeshment in a family where as i said y'all are in each other's fucking business all the time everyone knows everyone else's shit you tell one person in your family one thing and before you know it the entire family knows about it and you're like what the fuck and when you try and set a boundary you will have the family go oh, please man but that doesn't apply to us, obviously. Like, we're your family. Okay? That, mm, yeah, anyway. Families, <laughs> gotta love them. Okay, disassociation. So this is where you blank out during a stressful, a stressful emotional event. You feel your physical and or emotional space being violated and you tell yourself something like, it doesn't matter or ignore it and it will go away. Or no sense in fighting, just hold on, it'll be over soon. Or don't put up a struggle or else it will be worse for you. These kinds of things are called disassociation. So you set a boundary. You And I mean, my heart actually hurts for people like this because you, you were brave enough to set a boundary. You were brave enough to determine where you needed a boundary set. You determined what the boundary needed to be. You set that boundary. You verbalized it to the people who needed to hear it and they ignore it. And you kind of just think to yourself, well, fuck me. You know what? Just leave it. Just forget it. And when you get into a stressful situation, you completely disassociate. So that is another symptom of your boundaries being disrespected or being ignored. Similar to disassociation is detachment. So it's where neither you or anyone else in the group or in the family is able to establish any fusion of emotions or affiliation of feelings. Everyone is totally independent from everyone else. And there doesn't seem to be anything to hold you or them together in a healthy union. So this is pretty much the opposite of enmeshment is detachment. So this is where your boundaries are ignored so frequently that eventually you just completely detach. That you are not able to have any kind of healthy union or relationship or communication with a person or with a group of people that you actually just completely detach to protect yourself emotionally. Fourth one is victimhood. In this symptom, you identify yourself as a violated victim and become overly defensive to ward off further violation. 
So again, your boundaries are ignored time and time and time and time again. And eventually you feel like a victim because you feel like you are not respected. You are not heard. You are not treated as an adult. And eventually you just think, well, you know what? What is the point? And again, you you feel like a victim. Another way of this, uh, uh, reacting to this, is a chip on your shoulder. So your boundaries are ignored for so long that you actually end up with a chip on your shoulder. And this is reflected mostly in your interactions with others. So because of past violations of your emotional and physical boundaries, you actually become angry and you become resentful of other people. And you walk around with this chip on your shoulder. So you start to see, I'm not going to go into the other symptoms. I mean, I feel like that gives you guys a good idea. You start to see how far reaching the consequences are of your boundaries being violated. In that you either become really resentful and angry and you will walk around with a chip on your shoulder. Or you become really enmeshed where you just get into everyone's business all the time or you completely detach or you feel like a victim of your own boundaries so this is just to explain to you that it is so 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 very important to establish healthy boundaries and to make sure that those boundaries stay in place. It's one thing to have the boundaries, but it's one thing to keep them in place. Another thing that is so important when it comes to setting your boundaries is explaining the consequences to someone of not respecting a boundary. Now, the very, very, very important thing here is that you need to make sure that you are able to actually stick to or carry out a consequence. You you cannot threaten something that you yourself know at the time of verbalizing it, you are not going to be able to stick to. If you say to someone, this is the boundary I'm putting in place, if you are not able to respect it, or if you do not respect my boundary, I am going to. Whatever you say next, you have to make sure you can stick to. Because if you don't, no one will ever believe you again. And this goes mostly for the boundaries you set with yourself. Okay, guys? I know we all lie to ourselves. Often. If you can't even trust yourself, how do you expect other people to trust you? And if you cannot even trust yourself, how can you ever trust other people? So if you say to yourself, I am not going to reach out to my ex for at least six months until I know that I'm over him or her and until I know that we can have a healthy friendship, I'm not going to reach out to this person. If you go against that and two weeks down the line you're slipping and sliding into their DMs after one too many glasses of wine, speaking of which, hold on, you are not even respecting your own consequences that you have verbalized to your boundaries. So do not put a boundary in place and consequences in place that you know you cannot stick to because the only person that you are lying to and the only person that you are going to disappoint is yourself. So if you are not ready to end a relationship or a friendship or a conversation, whatever it might be, don't say you are until you really are. Guys, if the people around you are unwilling to respect your boundaries, they are not true friends. Let's be honest. They are not people you want to have in your life. They are not people you want to spend time with. Setting personal boundaries and limits is so important in how you lead your life and the quality of the relationships that you have. But you have to make sure that when you verbalize the consequences, you can stick to them. So you have to say, if you do not stop being physically inappropriate with me when we are at the office, I am going to have to report you to HR. 
But then you have to, the next time it happens, which hopefully it won't, but it probably will, the next time it happens, you have to take your little butt and march it to HR and report the person. You can't be like, oh no, but what if he loses his job? Oh my God, he's got two kids. Well, he shouldn't have been groping your ass in the first place. And you explain the consequence to him or to her or to whoever, your family, whoever it is. If you explain a consequence, and again, what I do is I explain the consequence and then I will say, do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand that if you do that again, this is what I'm going to be forced to do? And make sure they understand and make sure they say, yes, I understand. If they don't understand, explain it to them again until they do. But if they have said, yes, I understand, and then they go and they violate your boundary, fam, you got to bounce. Let's be honest. You got to drop that like a hot potato. Now, the last thing that I want to touch on is that when you set a boundary, setting a boundary doesn't give you the right to be a dick, okay? Setting a boundary doesn't, have, doesn't give you the right to be rude or disrespectful. When we set boundaries as grown-ups, as grown-ass people, we do it respectfully. We are not rude. We do not shout or raise our voices. We are not dramatic, we explain how we feel and how this person's conduct makes us feel. We explain why we are putting a boundary in place. We explain what the boundary is. And we explain the consequence of that person not respecting that boundary. That is it. We don't scream. We don't shout. We don't send it in a WhatsApp. Come on, guys. Come on. It's 2020. Fuck's sakes. Like, talk to someone face to face. Please. Please. Don't send a WhatsApp. God's truth. Now, <laughs> when people set boundaries with you, this is the next thing. It's very easy to get offended. Especially where you do not think that you did anything wrong. You have to remind yourself that this is not about you. And if you are self-confident and self-aware and at peace with who you are as a person, external influences and what other people think of you and how other people observe you shouldn't affect you. So if you know in your soul that you acted respectfully, you acted in a way that you are happy with and is in accordance with your values and your belief and who you are as a person, someone else setting a boundary with you should not offend you. I'm going to say that again. If you know in your heart that you acted respectfully, you acted in accordance with your own values, your own self-worth, your own self-image, and your own self-respect, and you know in your heart that you didn't do anything wrong, someone else setting a boundary with you should not offend you. If they interpreted your conduct a certain way and it triggered them somehow that they felt the need to set a boundary that is on them all you can do is respect them and respect the boundary and if you are not able to respect the boundary you remove yourself from that relationship or you remove yourself from that interaction it's as simple as that Someone setting a boundary is not up for debate, guys. It isn't a fucking conversation. And this is the problem I've had with so many people in my life, where I will verbalize a boundary in a respectful way, and it becomes a debate. It becomes a conversation. And I'm like, uh, at what point did I ask for your opinion? Like, I don't remember asking if you agree with my boundary I don't remember asking for alternative solutions no it's not a conversation people have the right to set their own boundaries and if they 
set an unhealthy boundary or if they are not capable of recognizing what a healthy boundary is, that's not your fucking problem. Okay? Codependents out there, this is not the time to sit them down and try and teach them what a healthy boundary is. They are a grown-ass person. They need to learn that for themselves. So if you have someone in your life who is unable to set boundaries or sets boundaries that are too rigid or too fluid, that's on them. That is not on you. And it's not about you and you cannot take offense. Okay? Take a breath. It's not about, not everything's about you. Okay. It's about me, obviously. Last thing, promise, last thing. Setting boundaries for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Here come out our narcissists and our manipulators. Although I did this, so <clears throat> um, one of them. Okay, I need to glug some wine for this story. Fuck me. So I'm going to use a real life example of my life. Um, I had to set a boundary last year. No, I'm lying. I didn't have to set a boundary. I'm talking such cuck. Ignore that. I decided to set a boundary last year with someone in my life. And looking back now, at the time, I was like, I'm doing this for the right reasons. I'm doing this because I know it's right for me and for my life. No, it wasn't. I was fucking delusional. If I look back now, I know and I can recognize and I'm <laughs> grown up enough now to admit, I set a boundary with someone purely to see if they would cross it. I wanted to see if this person loved me enough to violate my boundary. How fucked up is that shit? Oh my God. But the reality of the situation is that so many people do this. Okay? So many people do this. You message someone who maybe you have been in and out of a relationship with. Okay, let me just use this example. You've been in and out of a relationship with someone and things are great for two weeks and then you guys fight and the guy ghosts you or whatever the case may be. And eventually you are like, Jason, if you ghost me again, I will never speak to you again. I will delete your number. I will block your ass and your sister will not be allowed to come to Pilates with me anymore. Okay. And then he goes to you again and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> now I have to follow through because now you've put a consequence in place. You can't now be a doer and not say, do what you said you're going to do. So you do, you do all those things, right? You block him, you delete his number, you tell Tiffany with a PH that she can't come to Pilates with you anymore. And then you wait. And you're like, no, he's going to come calling back. Watch, watch. He can't DM you because you've blocked him and he can't WhatsApp you because you've blocked him. But no, he'll email me. He'll find my email or he'll, he'll come to my house. Like he will. He'll do something. That is setting a boundary. Because you want, you are daring the other person to violate it. You are challenging the love or the dedication of the other person. You are only putting a boundary in place to see if they will violate it. And that, my friends, is never going to work out for anyone involved. And I say this from experience. I set a boundary with someone last year. And... They crossed it. And I was like, fine, I'm done with you. I'm fucking done with you. And I said to this person, if you do this, I'm not going to speak to you again. And they did what I said they shouldn't do or mustn't do or I don't want them to do. And I was like, fine, I'm not going to speak to you anymore. And the only reason I stopped speaking to this person was because I wanted to see if they would reach out to me and they would contact me. And guess what? Guess what, fam? They didn't. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, how very dare you? How very dare you respect my boundary? 
you fucking asshole. I only put this boundary in place to see if you would fight for me. And that is a bitter pill to swallow because you are the only person who ends up looking like a puss, let's be honest. So guys, please do not and don't pretend. Don't pretend. You might tell other people that you're putting a boundary in place because it's for you and it's, you know, a healthy boundary and you are happy with the consequences, you know in your soul whether you are lying or not. You know if that is a healthy boundary or if that is a boundary that you are putting in place because you want to see who loves you enough to cross it. And that in itself is so destructive and probably one of the worst things that you can do for yourself because the other thing is that if you continually put boundaries in place that people violate because you want them to violate these boundaries and when they do you're like oh oh my god he actually loves me I told you I told you I told you he would he would rock up to my house if you do that when you do actually put a boundary in place that you legitimately want people to respect and you do not want people to cross, how the fuck are they going to know the difference? They're going to be like, we can't keep up with you. Like last week, you told me to never speak to you again. And then after three days, you messaged me and said, how dare I not speak to you? Now you're telling me to never speak to you again. And now you say you mean it. Like I'm confused. So probably the most important thing and this is something that if you read up on boundaries and you watch videos on how to set healthy boundaries and what to do when people violate your boundaries and all of that one thing that I've never seen addressed is putting boundaries in place that might be healthy but your you have ill intentions your intentions are misplaced You're only putting the boundary in place because you want to see if people love you enough to violate them. Guys, there is nothing more toxic than that. So you need to be honest with yourself. And when you set a boundary over and above identifying the trigger, over and above identifying the boundary that you need to put in place, verbalizing that boundary to the people that it affects, explaining the consequences of those people violating that boundary the last point and this is something that only you will be able to answer is am I setting this boundary for the right fucking reasons and if there is one thing that you take from this podcast let it be that because there is nothing more self-destructive than lying to yourself there's one person you trust in this world guys let it be yourself you will know if the boundaries that you are putting in place are for the right reasons. And if they are, fuck everyone else. If you can answer those five questions and you are happy with the boundary that you have put in place and you can sleep well at night knowing that your heart and your soul and your mental health and your emotional well-being is protected by that boundary, then honestly, fuck everyone else. And if they have a problem, give them my number. If you have my number, if you don't have my number, then just tell them to shut the fuck up. Guys, that is it. That is me. What are we on? An hour and three minutes. Fuck. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I, I really hope that you guys have learned something from this. I hope that if anything, if you didn't know what a boundary was before this, you do. If you didn't know how to identify where you need a boundary in your life, hopefully now you do. If you didn't know how to set a healthy boundary and verbalize it, I'm hoping I helped you with that. I'm hoping I helped you understand the consequences of someone crossing a boundary. And lastly, I'm hoping that you understand that you need to put boundaries in place for the right reasons above anything else, always and forever, guys, please. Anyway, I'm going to finish this delicious glass of Shiraz that I have sitting here. And I just heard the pitter-patter of the little feeties of my children coming home from school. So I'm going to go and give them big hugs and kisses. I hope that you guys have an amazing day. And I really hope that you've learned something and you've had a bit of a laugh. And you've learned something new about yourself or someone else or me. 
And until next time, guys, be brave, be messy, and always be real. <laughs>